Are you ready to turn your investments into retirement income? Listen in as Jeremy Kyle and his guests reveal ways you can make smarter retirement, investment, and tax planning decisions to achieve your ideal retirement. You will learn more about your money so you can feel better about your money and make better money decisions. Now, on to the show. Welcome to Retirement Revealed. I'm your host, Jeremy Kyle, and we're here to turn your retirement savings into a consistent income. Today, I'm joined by my producer, Eric Johnson. Eric, how are you doing today? I am fantastic, my friend. It's good to be back with you. Yeah, it's fun to have you on, and we are kicking off a new series. Glad to, to do that. It's called The Biggest Risk to Your Retirement, and we'll be doing three different episodes about the biggest risks to your retirement, but we're talking today about the biggest risk to your retirement, which is... I'll let you guess, Eric. What do you think it is? Me. There you go. Is it me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you're not. Hopefully, you're not going to ruin my retirement. I was going to say. Versa. Let's clarify. I'm not risk to anybody else's retirement out there listening. It's just mine. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're saying that you might be a big risk to your retirement because I know you're a big fan of behavioral finance. Absolutely. And we didn't prep this ahead of time, which is why you threw a little spoiler in there accidentally. And let's leave it in because that is going to be our final episode in the series. Is that you're right on. You are your biggest risk to your retirement. Uh, but let's talk about something kind of external today. Okay. And my belief is that the biggest risk to your retirement is longevity. How long mm. you live in retirement is is really the biggest risk to your retirement because it's the great multiplier. You know, All the things people are afraid of. You might be afraid of the stock market dropping, inflation kicking in, low interest rates, healthcare costs, taxes changing. All the things don't matter too much if you have a short life. But if you have a long life in retirement, all those things have more chances of happening, more time to make it worse, right? So longevity is really the great multiplier. It takes all the other risks. And if you live a longer than average life, it just makes all the risks worse. So we're saying right now today that longevity is the biggest risk to your retirement. Okay, so I, I should get like half points because that's still me. It's me living it, too long. <laughs> yeah, and actually, really, I, I will give you all the points here. Eric. Okay. <laughs> and the reason why, too, and we'll, we'll go through it. There's an article we're basing this on and written by Kate Beatty with the Capital Group, which is a, the group that owns the American funds. More people might have heard of the, the American funds. Mm -hmm. But she does some great research. We're always reading the investments in wealth, retirement journals, things like that. I read the article loved it reached out to her we were able to chat a bit about her article and some other things she's she's writing so we're going to have this all these links in the note but really a big problem with longevity isn't so much how long you live although that's a risk it's your own thoughts and beliefs that are most likely wrong about longevity right? mm. yeah so we're going to go through all these and i've got a lot of resources for you in the show notes. So we'll have that technical article, great article. It's, it's technical, it's written to financial advisors and it's from the Investments and Wealth Journal and it's titled Longevity Risk, Plan for the Unknown. And that, I'm just gonna highlight that right now. A lot of people say, well, I'm not gonna live past whatever that is or mm -hmm. I will make it to whatever that number is or I'll be lucky if I get to this number. I hear these things all the time and even when, and we're gonna show people how to get a personalized longevity estimate, even that estimate, there's it's an unknown. I've yet to have anyone bring me their own death certificate. You, you just can't yeah. know for sure how long you're gonna live. And so you need some extra help 
some extra guidance. And what we found, and she mentioned in the article, some other articles, just our own experience, so many things we've read, so many people underestimate their longevity and underestimate their retirement longevity in so many different uh, ways. And so we'll, we'll get into that a little bit. And do you think that's because they look at their family history? I mean, honestly, that's kind of what, when I was younger, you know, in my mid twenties, they would ask me questionnaires on the health survey, you know, well, what, what do you have for history in your family? And mm-hmm. I'd always thought, well, my grandpa made it to, you know, 72 or whatever, however old he was when he passed, that should be about right for me. Right. And that's right. just not the case. Do you, so do you think it's kind of that bias? That's a bit of a bias. I think there's a, a few bits of bias out there. We'll, we'll preview what we're going to talk about in a few minutes is that half of retirees underestimate their longevity mm-hmm. by at least five years. So I'll give you a quick tip. If you don't want to bother taking two minutes to get your own personalized longevity estimate, just think of how long you're, you're going to live at five years. There you go. And you're, you're probably closer <laughs> just right there. That's a good tip for you. But you're right. Yeah, family history. We hear people all the time. They'll say, you know, the men in my family don't live past 80. You know, my grandpa, my uncles, and my dad, they all died at 75. Okay, tell me about your grandpas and your uncles because they probably fought in World War II or Korea. They learned how to smoke cigarettes because they were free in World War II and Korea, and they kept on doing it. And I'm curious, are you doing it yourself? No, I didn't have, you know, Agent Orange like they did. I didn't smoke cigarettes or anything at all. Okay, well, that right there is a huge factor. Or let's just say that you and your grandpa have the exact same health history. Your grandpa was born about 45 or 50 years before you. You've got 40, 45, 50 years of medical advances on grandpa. So even if you have the same exact issues, genetics, everything, you've got so much more medicine and science pushing your life expectancy up than he did. And so you're right on. Most people look at family history and don't realize that there's these external factors. It's not all DNA. There's no uh, ticking clock that says all the men in your family die at this specific age. There's a lot of it, when you really think about it, are external factors about their own life choices or what they were doing with their jobs or being in the military or then even just in the last part, just the medical advances are helping you out in a way that they, you know, they just didn't get a chance to live to, to enjoy. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, so I'm going to highlight what's mentioned in this article. What Kate wrote is Americans are living longer than ever before. Everyone knows that, it seems, except investors. Retirees frequently underestimate their life expectancy and the number of years they are likely to spend in retirement. And I love how she highlights the two of those things. The number of years you're likely to spend in retirement has two factors. When do you start retirement? When do you end retirement? And if you were to talk to a 55-year-old today and say, when do you think you're going to retire? Most of them would say 65. That's what the studies are showing. 65 is when I will retire. Now go ask a 65-year-old and say, when did you retire? They'll tell you 62, 60. People retire before they, they expect. There's all kinds of reasons why you know, you're 62 and that Social Security gets really tempting. Mm-hmm. You're 60 years old and the new boss that comes in that's younger than your kid you just don't like them so much, right? And then uh, health issues. And most people hear about health issues and think, oh yes, you know, later on when I get into my 60s, my health will change. No, it's actually your parents' health changes, right? 60-year-olds are healthy. It's their parents that are 85 that next thing you know, mom's going to the doctor more often and 
dad needs some help and you're taking time off and you're thinking, I'm just going to retire to take care of my, my parents and maybe take care of the grandkids. You know, there's a lot of things happening around age 60, 62, where people retire before they expect. So that's a big piece of longevity. And then yes, every study shows on average exactly what Kate wrote, that retirees frequently underestimate their life expectancy. I'd say one part of it is exactly what you had mentioned, uh, Eric, that they look at their family history. And we've already talked about how that might not really apply. Well, yeah, because, you know, grandpa was still using leeches. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we, we don't right need on. those anymore. <laughs> no, not that I'm aware of. You got it. Well, and then she wrote another article. It's on the Capital Group website. We'll link to that as well. Great summary, great stuff. Everything that's in that technical article, but just kind of more written to the general public, not research-based financial advisors like like we are. And it's called Longevity. Don't plan for an average retirement. What I've I've heard spoken by longevity experts is that People will die on average, but they don't die on time. Mm. And if you if you look at it and say, okay, there's 100 people here, you can look at it and say, well, what's the average longevity? What's the average lifespan for this this group? Okay, what well, those 100 people are going to have an average. And you say, okay, let's let's just go with 65 year olds, and I'm just going to pull a number out of the hat. Let's just say it's 30 years. Let's just say it's 30 years as a life expectancy for this average group of 100. Well, how many of them actually die exactly 30 years down the road? You know, when you look at it, it's like three and a half, four percent maybe, right? Most people, you think of a life expectancy, you will probably not. Here's here's a probably, it's not a definite, but it's pretty close, right? You will not die at your life expectancy because it's an average. And most people die before or after their life expectancy. So you cannot plan for an average retirement. You, you've got to look at the probabilities and you got to think through what happens if I die beforehand what happens if I die afterwards? So that's that's one of the issues. Another issue, like we said, is most people underestimate probably because of family history. But here's the biggest one. And this one really gets to me because it's every day I basically see this. I just saw one today in the Wall Street Journal. Here's what the new life expectancy is for Americans. Read that article. Understand that article. What When you look at the article, when you see in the news that this is the life expectancy, that is the life expectancy that is an estimate by scientists for somebody that was just born, right? And I don't think you were born yesterday. Hmm. This is an estimate that has been proven is usually wrong. And if it's talking about people that were just born and you're about to hit retirement, you're 60, you're 65. You've made it past a lot of people that are in that average that didn't make it. And so you'll, you'll see and think through, you know, when you get to that number of age 60, 65, your life expectancy is not what you see in the newspaper based on birth. It's a totally new number. You've got because to plan on that new number. Yeah. So, because they're including like accidents and things like that, right? Everything. Yeah. You oh, know, yeah so uh, that changes all the numbers. Right. You know, if you take out 20% of the people that have already died by the time you hit 60 or so, really it's the life expectancy of the remaining part is going to be bigger because everyone else mm-hmm. is, is already out of the, the equation. But when you read that number, it says the life expectancy is 75 or 80 or whatever the number is. Well, a lot of times it's just don't, doesn't even break out male, female. So you've got to look at really big four factors. What is your age? That's a big factor. What is your gender? That's a big factor. Oh, are you a smoker or not? That's probably the biggest factor. And then, uh, 
what's your health history like? Are you is it average, above average, below average? You've got to look at that and get your own personalized estimate. There's a great tool to do it. It's free. It's created by the Society of Actuaries. It's longevityillustrator.org. We'll link to that, but should be able to spell that out, longevityillustrator.org. And you'll plug in those four things and you'll find what your personalized life expectancy is. And if there's two of you in the couple, there's this other thing that really hurts you when you're planning for your retirement. And there's two of you in the couple. And you look at it and say, okay, well, his life expectancy is 85. Her life expectancy is 88, right? And, and maybe they're 65 years old and he's thinking 20 years, she's thinking 23 years. But something that's interesting is this thing called joint life expectancy. It's Jeremy Kyle here, and I know you're listening to the Retirement Reveal Podcast because you want to learn more about making great retirement decisions. I've created a free video course for you to do just that. Head over to 5stepretirementplan.com and sign up to receive this video training right in your email inbox. We broke down our 5-step retirement plan into bite-sized videos so you can get started on the retirement, investment, and tax planning you need to create a consistent retirement income. Go to 5stepretirementplan.com Use the number or spell it out. You'll get there either way. Fivestepretirementplan.com. Thanks for listening. And now for the rest of the show. Right? If there's two of you and there's a 50-50 shot, well, there's actually a greater chance one of you will live past your averages. You can't plan on your average if there's two of you. You got to plan on the average of the two of you, which usually adds like three, four, five years to those numbers. Hmm. And so when you go to longevityillustrator.org, look at your own average, but more importantly, look at the average of the couple. If there's two of you, it really doesn't matter if you are here or not. I mean, it matters, right? What yep. matters is if one of you is here or not, because if there's one of you still left, you're still relying on those social security decisions and pension decisions and tax planning decisions and investment decisions that you as a couple had made 30 years ago. And let's face it, usually it's the, the wives, it's the ladies. So that's why we say a lot that the 92-year-old widow is living on the decisions of her spouse 30 years ago, mm -hmm. and he's not here anymore, right? You've got to look and plan ahead of time. There's so many things kind of going against you when you are trying to figure out your own longevity. And one of them is just this understanding of joint life expectancy. Don't look at just yourself, just your spouse, just your significant other, look at what's the joint life expectancy. That's a big difference. It can be, yeah. And we usually see it's, uh, it's a big difference. And there's another difference in there too, is like we said, most people don't die in time. You've got to look at these probabilities of what if you do live after the average? What if you live before the average? What if you die before the averages? You've got to think on what is the risk, right? Where is the risk? If you die too soon, and if one person dies too soon, and the other person lives longer than average, hey, they're, they're average, right? I'm thinking of my grandparents. My grandpa died probably about 15 years before life expectancy. I had a cancer issue, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. My grandma is still living about 15 years after her life expectancy, right? On average, they're average. How relevant <laughs> is that? Yeah. It doesn't matter yeah. what, you know, and that's actually the biggest risk right there is that somebody died early and the other person died late. And they, you could have thought of it ahead of time, like, well, it all averages out. No, because that's a long, long time. 
that there is a pension that's lower, that there's social security that's lower, that you have one person relying on one income at single taxpayer rates, which are different than different than married taxpayer rates. So you gotta think of the different risks. It's not just about what if you die too soon? What if you live too long? It's what if one of you dies too soon and the other one lives longer than average? And that could all average out and still be a horrible situation, mm-hmm. right? You've gotta think that through and maybe make some decisions with your pension, your social security, that combat that risk. That is the biggest risk out there is somebody dies soon, somebody lives longer than average. And you, you really want to look at and plan for that risk. Now, here's what's interesting too uh, in one of the articles that, that Kate wrote. And she said, some people overestimate their longevity, right? Uh, a lot of people will talk to some and they'll say, we created the spreadsheet and I wanna be conservative. I wanna make sure I'm always good to go there. And so we put in living to age 100, age 105. Okay, that happens like 3% of the time right? When you look at this longevity illustrator printout, it'll tell you, you know, one out of four times you might make it to this age. You know, one out of 10 times you might make it to this age. I'd encourage you to, to pick a number and plan for a number that's reasonable. In our office, we like to use that, that one out of four. We'll say, okay, 25% of the time you'll make it this far. You know, chances are you'll die a little bit beforehand, but we do want to plan for what if you live a bit, little bit afterwards, but we don't want to plan for like 20 years afterwards because that's what happens. You're planning to live 60 years and you reduce your spending. You didn't have as much fun when you're 60 and that's a lot more fun to, to spend the money then, right? So you mm-hmm. want to look at a conservative estimate as in you're planning a little bit past your averages, but not too far. And so having that personalized longevity estimate will help you get there. All right. Well, the other part too is, is like we said, that we, we kind of hashed on this a little bit, is that some people, especially when they're doing online software, looking at the retirement, things like that, they'll say, well, we're gonna be conservative and we're planning on this long life expectancy, but they put both of them in there, right? If both of you live to 100 and you both have huge pensions and huge social security amounts, there's probably no problem. It is the, the conservative way to go. If you're somebody that wants to go and say, I'm gonna, kind of plan for the worst case scenario. The worst case scenario with longevity is not what if you both live past the averages, it's if what if only one of you lives past the average and the other person dies before the average. So put that in there as your conservative estimate. That's that's the way to look there. All right, that makes sense. Good. So everyone is a lot more of a longevity expert, a probability expert now, when you, when you look at it, mm-hmm. but we want to summarize this, give you an action plan. And we've got a three-step action plan. The first one is think of your longevity risk tolerance. You're probably used to the idea of your investment risk tolerance. Your advisor, or you go online, there's tools, questionnaires, and they say, you know, how much risk are you willing to put up with in the stock market going up and down? Well, think through, how about yourself and how long you live? You know, what happens if you live a longer than average life, is that something that's really worrying you? Is that something that's creating a lot of anxiety? Well, maybe you ought to find ways to hedge against that risk, right? Make some decisions with social security and pension so that you'll be better prepared in case that that scenario happens. Or on the other hand, what happens if you die too soon? Especially what happens if one of you dies too soon? 
you might want to make decisions on the survivorship on your pension or when you take your social security or how much life insurance you have. You want to think through kind of that opposite of that risk tolerance of what happens and and how much change in your income might happen if you live too long and what happens if you live too short. That's the first thing is start adding this idea of your longevity risk tolerance to your planning, not just your investment risk tolerance. Second part of the action plan, get a personalized longevity estimate. Go to longevityillustrator.org. Just plug that in. Male, female, age, health history, you know, smoker or not a smoker. And that's going to give you a personalized estimate way better than just reading the paper and hearing that today's life expectancy is 78 years old. That's meaningless to you. <laughs> You're, you know, think, think of a 78 year old. They reached their life expectancy. How much long do they have left to live? Right? Yeah. It's, it's not zero days, right? Uh, so go and get a personalized longevity estimate. We like to update that ourselves in our office with our clients every few years because the longer you live, things just changed, right? You can't uh, base it off the old numbers and maybe your health changed, things like that. Yeah, and technology right? changes every day. Yeah, you got it. And especially then, look at this joint life expectancy. If there's two of you, what matters to the surviving spouse is how long the couple might be around whether it's either one of you. So you gotta look at that joint life expectancy and it's great because they give you probabilities to say, well, you want to understand what are the odds you live past your averages and how long that might be. And you wanna plan for a decent enough time after the average life expectancy, but not too far. Because if you plan like 20 years after your average life expectancy, you're just not gonna spend any money because you're preparing for something that might happen you know, 3% of the time. We mm -hmm. want you to plan for success, prepare for failure. So plan for success by going with things that are just beyond average for your longevity, but prepare for failure, uh, which is actually, that's step number three, right? So it's step number three in the action plan, plan for success, prepare for failure. And the way to prepare for failure is consider a couple things. One of them is especially consider that widow or widower. There's that Dr. Seuss book, The Lorax, and the quote in there, the famous quote is, I am the Lorax, I speak for the trees. I speak for the trees, for the trees have no tongues. Well, guess what? You're 60 years old, your 90 year old widow that isn't here yet, because it's 30 years from now, they don't have a voice yet. Mm. You really gotta think through and give them a voice by considering what might happen in a failure situation where one person dies too soon, the other person lives longer than average. That's a, a big part of this. And when you're making your decisions, these are one-time decisions, pension, social security, annuity decisions, tax decisions, a lot of these things need to consider, you need to consider not how do I get the most money next month, but how do I get the most money out of my whole lifetime? How do I get the most money out of this for my widow? How do I get the most money in case bad things happen with the stock market or in case we live a long time? That's how you plan for success and prepare for failure. Makes sense. That, that's great information. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us, Eric. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you for joining us for this first in a series, The Biggest Risk to Your Retirement. We'll be talking next about inflation. Inflation is also the biggest risk to your retirement. That's a big deal, especially a big deal in uh, 2021, 22, and hopefully not too far beyond that, but I guess we'll, we'll see. Yeah. So. All right. Thank you, Eric. And thank you for listening to the Retirement Revealed podcast. We believe if you know more about your money, you'll feel better about your money and you will make better money decisions.
Thank you for listening to the Retirement Revealed Podcast. Click on the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit retirement-revealed.com to learn more. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Kyle Financial Partners. Kyle Financial Partners does not provide legal, accounting, or tax advice. Consult your attorney or tax professional. Representatives have general knowledge of the Social Security tenants. For complete details on your situation, contact the Social Security Administration. Kyle Financial Partners is a part of the Thrivent Advisor Network, a registered investment advisor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.